If you would, take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2, but you may be seated. You may be seated, remain seated. And I want you to um, picture yourself maybe in your living room, maybe with a fire going in the fireplace, with your family gathered around on Christmas Day. And we're going to read the Christmas story. You know, I heard yesterday, Charles Stanley, he was preaching, and he said that the majority of God's people don't even take time to read the Christmas story during Christmas. For whatever reason, probably because we're busy, we're out of our ordinary routine of maybe having time spent with God and His Word. Or maybe we have uh, family in town, or we're out of town, and we're displaced, and we're so hectic with such a wonderful time of year that we fail to read the Christmas story. But we want to read that this morning. So just picture yourself, you and your family, your loved ones, there gathered together as you read this. And Linus did such a fabulous job of giving us part of the story, but we want to read all of it. Take time to do that this morning. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough, because there was no room for them at the lodging place. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, a Savior, who is Messiah the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to people He favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. Now turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. We can't forget the Magi. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived unexpectedly in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests 
and scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, because out of you will come a leader who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen in the east. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed beyond measure. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. May the Lord add blessing to the reading of his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can read the Christmas story again and again and again and know that it's true, know that it's real, and know that it's life-changing each and every year, each and every time we gather together to allow Your Word to pierce our hearts. God, today we pray that we would surrender to Your will for our life and allow You to send us to do great and mighty things for Your glory. Of course, in Your name we pray. Amen. The title of today's message is The Hope of of Christmas for the whole world. We're going to ask a question, how can I be part of God's big plan? You think about all these characters that were a part of when Jesus the Messiah entered into the world. God in form of a man, when He came here, all of the players, all of the characters, all of the people that played a part in this great story. Now, I don't want to make these characters supernatural or super spiritual because we know that the main character of the story is our Savior, Jesus Christ. But I want us to look at how God can use and wants to use ordinary people like you and me to do extraordinary things for His will. Think about that. God wants, He doesn't need, He wants us to do Great things for Him. He wants us as His children to be a part of this big plan that He has for the whole world and to bring hope into it. And over 2,000 years ago, we see some characters. We see the people that were a part of this great story that God used to do extraordinary things. So I want to ask you to ask yourself this question. How can I, how can you and I be a part of God's big plan? The first one will be that you and I have to say to ourselves, I will be sent by God. So we have to make a decision. You know, we, we think about, as Pastor Robbie shared just a few minutes ago, about this past year and looking ahead to the year in advance. All throughout history, all throughout God's Word, we see evidence and examples time and time again of God's people being sent to do great things with a destination and a purpose in mind. And there's no exception here in this story. We, we're going to look at some of that in just a second. But I want you to think about 
here as we come to the end of end of this Christmas season and maybe some of you started taking down some decorations and it's kind of depressing right it's, it's kind of disheartening when we took our tree down yesterday we had to because now it was a fire hazard when we took our tree down it literally was a Charlie Brown Christmas tree by the time all of the needles had shaken off of it a whole trail of needles all the way out the door and so it's sad when you start to have to do that. One time there was a little boy who um, had prayed for his Christmas gift to baby Jesus. And so uh, thinking about that little boy, the people at the church, after Christmas was over, they started taking down all the beautiful decorations of Christmas and, and they were putting them away and they got to the manger scene. Kind of the centerpiece of the Christmas decorations, I'm sure, in your home. Well, they were here in this church. And so they started putting them back in their little boxes and placing them back where they should go to put them away. And they noticed that baby Jesus was missing. Where in the world could baby Jesus be, they thought. And so they, they looked around, they looked everywhere, they started asking each other. They were getting ready to call the police because someone has stolen baby Jesus out of the manger scene. They looked outside and they noticed the little boy, he was pulling a wagon. And they looked real close and they said, well, there's baby Jesus in the wagon. So they ran out to the little boy and said, where do you think you're going with baby Jesus? You can't take baby Jesus out of the manger. Baby Jesus has got to go back into the nativity. He said, well, I prayed and prayed all the way up until Christmas to baby Jesus if he would bring me a little red wagon. And I promised him if he brought me a little red wagon, I'd, he'd be the first one to take a ride in it. So even little children realize that God has a plan if we're willing to be sent and if we're willing to surrender. And, and I want you to think about being sent for a second. Think about those angels in the story. The angels were sent, right? They were sent to proclaim this message of Christ's birth, but they had been waiting since the dawn of creation for this to happen. They were sent to to share in dreams to Joseph, hey, you need to stick with Mary. Everything's going to be okay. They, they were sent in person to Mary to tell her this is what's going to happen. They went to the shepherds and out there in that field keeping watch over their flock by night. They announced Christ's birth. They were sent by God to do something great. Angels were created to do things for God. I, I believe that's why we were created to do things and glorify God in our actions. Another one was Joseph was sent. Even though his fiancée, the one he was pledged to be married, was pregnant, he was sent to be Jesus' earthly father, to teach him how to be a carpenter, to provide for him and take care of him. Mary was sent. You know, if you look at the description of her there in, in Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 1, as it describes her, there was nothing famous about Mary. In fact, it says that she was a virgin from Galilee engaged to Joseph. Ordinary. But God sent her to do something extraordinary. Those shepherds were sent. You know, they were the lower class forgotten people. They had a dirty job taking care of those stinky sheep. But they were sent by God to see 
the Savior. They were sent by God after, after they left to tell people about what they had seen and heard. Then the Magi were sent to find this baby king, follow the star. And they were sent to this little place called Bethlehem. Kings to find the king. So I got a question for you this morning. Will you be sent? Will you allow yourself to be sent by God? To do something extraordinary. None of these people were any different than you and I. But they were sent by God. Just like you and I can be sent by God to do something great. Will you be sent? How will you be sent? What is God's calling to you? You know, I mentioned Joseph. Joseph's job was just to be a father that took care of Jesus while he was here on earth and to teach him what it was like to be a man. Mary's job, once she had the Savior, was to raise him up, nurture him. For some of us, we need to be sent to be that godly father, to be that godly mother. You may say, I'm in a job that is a dead-end job not going anywhere. Think, think about the shepherds for a second. Maybe you have frustrations at your workplace. Maybe you were sent there by God to impact this world for Christ and be part of His big plan. Those magi, they were sent to deliver those gifts to our Savior. Many of us, all of us have gifts. Are you allowing yourself to be sent by God to use those gifts? to present those gifts, your life as an offering. So will you be sent? See, we've got to answer that question. All of us do. We've got to answer. Or will we just kind of sit on the fence and either say no or wait or I'll think about it. So what is God calling you to do? The second thing this morning is I will surrender to God. You know, it's exciting to be sent to do something. It's exciting to, to get to have a purpose. I can remember when I was uh, a little boy, about Titus's age, and my dad would send me to go get tools. Send me to go get a bucket full of water for the dogs. Send me to go help him do something. And I would get excited about that. You know, now I think about even with my own children, when I send them to do something and they're able to do that and they're able to follow through with it and they're able to complete it, that encourages me. That fills my heart up. Even if it's a small task, it's helping their father do something that he had planned to do. You see, the only reason that I, as a child, most of the time, would go and get those things from my dad. He would say many times, run now, hurry, hurry back. He wanted me to do it fast. When my children are, are doing those things, I'm so thankful that they'll do it because that means that they're surrendering to the plan. And so you think about here for a second the surrender that happened here in the Christmas story. You see, when this happened over 2,000 years ago and we celebrate it here these last few days. And we get excited about it. All of that just didn't happen overnight. All of, the, all of these characters just didn't show up on the scene and everything started falling into place. If you look back 
and the lives of these people. This was something that was a process that just didn't happen overnight. This surrender that we have to God is not just something that necessarily happens overnight when we get in on God's big plan for our life. You see, the angels surrendered. Again, they'd been waiting since the dawn of creation to surrender to the will of the Father to announce Jesus' birth. This was their opportunity to proclaim it. They were surrendering to the Father's will. The shepherds surrendered to the Father's will, and I can't help but look at Jesus' parable of the 99 sheep that He left to go find the one. The shepherds surrendered what was their job to take care of those 99 or 100 or more sheep to go see the Good Shepherd. And so they surrendered to that. And then those magi, you know, they followed that star, but then, if you remember, because they understood the plan that God had, when they went home, they went another route. That wasn't just something that happened overnight. They knew where they were going. And the one that they were seeking. And then Mary, if you... Um, think about her for a second, but before we do that, Joseph, he surrendered in a dream. He could have divorced her and put her away, and he and, and this was not his child, and instead he surrendered to the Father, and it says in the Gospels here that he did as the Lord commanded. And he followed through, and he surrendered to the Father's will. And then Mary, right here, the one we see, who would give birth to our Savior. She was pregnant with the Savior of the world. Engaged to Joseph. Her life could have been over. But she surrendered to the Father's will. And all of this happened. It says here in Luke chapter 1 and verse 38, after the angel appeared to her, it says, I am the Lord's slave. May it be done to me according to Your Word. How many of us can say that this morning? That we're willing to surrender to God's plan for our life and be sent to the point of being even saying, I'm your slave. Use me. Allow your plan to be carried out. So the question is, will you surrender? What do you need to do to surrender to God's will for your life? You see, God wants to use us as part of His big plan, and you've got to answer for that. Will you say yes? Will you say yes? And so finally, we want to think about today, I will receive or share the salvation from God. See, we can't be sent. We can't surrender until we receive salvation from God. See, that's the whole point of why Jesus came. The whole point of why He is here. Why over 2,000 years ago in that humble place of a manger, a feeding trough, He was born. So that we might receive, and for those of us that have already, share salvation. So can you say, I will receive salvation. I will share salvation from God. 
See, Jesus, He was sent by God. He surrendered to the will of the Father. There's our example. Not only to be born as a human in human form, the Son of Man, but He surrendered to the will of the Father when He went to the cross. He was sent by God with a purpose. This is nothing new for any of us to hear. This is not anything that we're going to look at and it's going to be a, wow, I've never seen that before. Because maybe you've heard time and time again why Jesus was sent to this world. Maybe you've heard that over and over and over again. And today somebody, maybe more than one person, needs to receive this salvation from Jesus. See, that's simple enough, right? That's simple enough for us to understand all we have to do is receive. As Paul described Jesus, thanks be unto God for His indescribable gift. Receive it. You received a lot of gifts maybe over the last few days. Have you received the greatest gift of Jesus Christ? You gave a lot of gifts the other day, the last few days, over the past few weeks. But have you shared the greatest gift? Paul couldn't even find words to describe Jesus. Indescribable. Will you receive Him? Will you share Him? What's going to take for us is we're going to have to surrender. Surrender to the will of the Father who is there waiting to receive us into His arms. Every head bowed and every eye closed. As Jeff comes this morning, as you sit there and as we begin to turn our time and our attention and our hearts to the Lord's table. Think about for a second about this little baby birthday that we celebrate. That would grow up into a man at around 33 years old who would go to the cross for you and me. To be the remission for our sins, to take our place so His perfect blood could be shed. So that you and I might be able to receive salvation. Today, if you've never done that before, don't waste any more time. Say yes and surrender to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus this morning. I beg you, Don't waste any more time. Don't waste your life on anything else. But give your life to Jesus. Surrender it to Him. God's Word tells us that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Will you receive salvation this morning? For those of us that have received this greatest gift, this indescribable gift, will you be sent to go and do what God has called you to do? Be part of His big plan, His perfect plan and purpose for your life. If so, you say yes to that, then that's going to require surrender. What are you willing to surrender this morning? What are you willing to give up this morning so that God can work in and through your life for His glory? As we prepare our hearts for the Lord's table, reflect on anything that might be a hindrance to you receiving these elements this morning as we reflect on what Jesus Christ has done for us. Prepare your hearts now. And if you need to receive Jesus, don't leave this place today. Find me, Pastor Robbie, someone, and receive this great gift. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to be here today to read the greatest story ever told. Just the beginning. But God, we know that as we continue to read, we know who wins. We know who is victorious. We know that the ending is the greatest ending to any story that we've ever read. It's true. So God, today, if there's anyone here that needs to receive Jesus, may they do that before it's everlasting too late. Lord, for the rest of us today that have received this greatest gift, help us to look deep into our hearts, reflect on the past and look towards the future on how we can be truly sent by You to do great things for Your glory. Lord, today I pray that we would surrender anything that's holding us back from doing that. Lord, as we reflect on what Jesus has done for us, His body that was broken and His blood that was shed, May we truly do this today in remembrance of our Savior. Of course, in your name we pray. Amen.